Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, where you been? Buckeye talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to Buckeye Talk with version of the alliance the three-man Maurice, nathan baird steven means a power there's power in threes gentlemen i think i'm not 100 sure i think possibly the acc pac-12 big 10 alliance is based on buckeye talk Ooh, you never know so we're going to talk about it they announced it they had a background that had all three conference logos on the same background. They like There was a digital background. Their heads were floating in it. The George K., who's the commissioner of the Pac-12, his head was really floating. I don't yeah. know what his background was. He was disembodied a little bit. Kevin Warren was actually very sharp and in focus. <laughs> I he know- might have actually had the background behind him while That's everybody true. else had like the Zoom background because he actually looked – his picture looks better than everybody else's too i know people are just waiting for like let's let's talk crap about kevin Warren because that's yeah. <laughs> big 10 fans favorite thing to do he was the most in focus commissioner so we'll start there nathan how would you rank the commissioners in order of their focus no, okay so they announced this thing doug Maurice, nathan baird steven means it's buckeye talk we were going to do the offense for the big wednesday pod we're going to make that the big thursday pod and this will be like a normal sized wednesday pod because we have to talk about the Alliance. I made a joke on Twitter, like my rants for this podcast, they're real. I have three rants about how this was formed that I want to talk about, but I want to just warn people, my rants are pro the Alliance. My rants are aimed at people who think they have some great solution that would be better than this. Because I will say, I am a cynical jerkwad. But days like this on Twitter just make me hate everybody, particularly sports writers, because everybody can't wait to be the snarky dingleberry who has no analysis of the situation, but is like, well, alliance, that's an alliance of nothing. That's a, and it's, it's nothing like your tweet is nothing. And I just don't know what anybody thinks would be better. And so I didn't get called on 
I'm going to talk to the Alliance PR person. I got my hand up a little late, but it frustrated. Nathan, I'm I got mine. In, I put my hand up at the beginning. It was all national people. They it's were calling all national yeah. people. And like, they called on like the one Texas guy who covers the big 12 so that he could ask and be like, what about the big 12? And then they were like, we love the big 12. They actually don't care about the big 12 at all. Nobody does. But it's frustrating because it's like, well, could we have like a big 10 question? And could we have a pack? Like uh, are the, are national people, the only people that exist, but that's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll get our time maybe, but it's just empty, shallow dingleberry snarkiness. And I've been part of it before, but I do that much, much less on Twitter than I used to because it's just annoying. But I do think my rants are aimed at what else would you like them to do? Nathan, I came out of this thinking like, well, I don't know how much this moves the needle, but they clearly are trying to hold on to some version of the status quo. And this seems they try to settle things down. They kind of want to maintain stuff right now. They use the word turmoil. They use the word disruption. They use the word turbulence. They use every word to describe stuff going crazy. They talked about NIL. They talked about playoff expansion, conference realignment, NCAA governance. The NCAA is basically like ceased to exist in its current form in like a month or two. So they talked about all this stuff, but they're trying to sort of keep stuff as normal as possible. And if that's the goal, Nathan, and we can talk about that more in depth, it is self-serving because they aren't the commissioners of college football. They are the commissioners of these very specific groups of teams that are linked together. So they don't want a, what's best for college football. They want what's best for the current version of college football, where those three conferences are all healthy and exist because college football might go on in a different version where there aren't conferences and then these three guys wouldn't have jobs. So it is self-serving but I also know where they're coming from. I don't think it's insane. And if this is what they want, I have no idea what would be a better way to go about it. So I'm actually fine with today and I have nine more rants to come, but what do you think of that perspective, Nathan? Does this at least kind of make sense the way they explained it? Well, they're not the commissioners of college football and there is no commissioner of college football. There's a power vacuum in college football, all of college sports in in a lot of ways. And I think they see the SEC potentially eating up that vacuum or becoming the the thing that then that, that because become the decisive force in college sports you've got to have a way to counteract that and none of them can do it on their own they've got to find a way they don't want to see college sports become what the average sec football coach would probably love college sports to become do i need to like spell out what that means <laughs> i think it means probably less strictures on recruiting less strictures on um, how players are compensated and rewarded and, and whatever um, in, in not, not talking about NIL, but talking about like a more direct pay for play situation. Like I would imagine like if the SEC had its druthers, it would shrug off the NCAA and just have full fledged semi-professional football. Right. So I, I think they want to be the wall that p- prevents that from happening and they have to do it as a unified force. Do you guys, did you guys do the stuff like on the playground where, you uh someone says something and then you say the same phrase over and over again after they say different parts of the joke and then at the end it's a joke yeah like um, like like, what'd you have for this like this is the one that i remember when i was like in second grade it was like what what'd you have for breakfast pea green soup what'd you have for lunch pea green soup what'd you have for dinner pea green soup what'd you do all over the bathroom wall pea green soup and that was a big on the playground in second grade. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a pee joke. 
Mm. Like a urination joke, you know what I'm talking oh, about? Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's a, it's a urination. I'm familiar joke. with you know urination. I mean? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, so that it's. I mean, it's a urination joke. It's about it's about urinating on the wall. That's what. Okay. Joke is. Okay. I mean, when you're seven, that kills. That just absolutely slays. So here's the point. I felt like everything they said today was like, we care about education, unlike the SEC. We want to do this. We we want it. We care about gender equity and social justice, unlike the SEC. Like everything they said, they didn't say, Stephen, unlike the SEC, but everything they talked about that wasn't football games and making money, which are these high and mighty ideals that, again, I think they a little bit believe in, but they love to talk about. They love to talk about it more than they actually believe in it. I think they believe in it some. They would talk about it all day if they could. But every time they said it, Stephen, they may as well have said, unlike the SEC, this was a lot of passive, aggressive. Here's what we are, because that's what they aren't. Right. Yeah, it was the nicest way to talk bad about somebody. But it was also they tried so hard to not make this a this is happening because Oklahoma and Texas are headed to the SEC. They tried so hard for it to not say that. That it ended up just being what it was. It's there. This is happening because Oklahoma and Texas added right to the SEC, and they tried so hard to tiptoe around that that it actually emphasized more that this is happening because Oklahoma and Texas are added to the SEC. Because there's no real plan. I, I didn't come out of this thinking there's a plan. I just there's an idea. That's what I left this thinking is there's an idea and there's no actual detail. Even the press release they put out, there's no details into how this is actually going to be facilitated over the next decade or so. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with that, right? That they, there's not a lot of detail there. So so I, these are the rants I have written down. There's the a-hole rant. There's the Freddy Krueger rant. And there's the saying I love you rant. So let me start with the saying I love you rant. Because this relates to people asking questions about the contract and the lack of a contract. Did you sign anything? And they're like, no, we didn't sign anything. But then someone even like brought up that I saw already on Twitter this evening, like, well, is this like an antitrust violation? Because it's a voting block and they're agreeing to do something. You know what I mean? Like it's collusion. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, you know what helps make the case for collusion? A contract. Now they can just say, well, what? I mean, we just have a digital banner with our logos on it. We just talk about stuff. We're not actually agreeing. We're not saying we're doing the same thing. It's like a social club, right? I mean, we just get, we play bocce ball. I mean, we just have common interests. Is that a voting block? So actually there's that point of it, but here's the thing. We acted, I thought there were moments on this, like people say, well, if there's no contract, what is it? We live in a world where talking about something makes something real all the time. There are things that we do in our life that aren't a contract, but when you speak something into existence, words matter. We are podcasters and writers. Words matter. So listen, did they get married today? No, they didn't sign a contract. But this is, they did they say to each other, well, are we exclusive? Well, it's a, it's a, it's a thruple. They're in a thruple. That's what the kids are doing. An open relationship. They're thruppling. Little, right? Little bit of this, little ACC, little Pac-12, little Big Ten. They're thruppling. And so, but they said, I love you today. And go, I mean, every movie in the world, it's not, did you sign a contract for your love? It's, did you say it? Yes. And when you say something, especially when the other person says it back to you, that 
changes things. You didn't sign it, but it changed because before you were just dating. Now you said they said this in a public forum. I love you. You love me. He loves us. We're all together. And and I think to act like that it's nothing because there's not a contract, that's not how the world works. So, Nathan, I, 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 th- I think that is a very important point. Are they held to it? No, but they've stated their intentions. And that's different than everybody's been like, well, I don't know. I, mean, I guess we kind of like that. I, that's why I thought this was a thing. And I think people, if you're entirely caught up on the lack of a contract, I think you're missing the point to some degree. I think if you're caught up on the contract, you're probably missing the point. Yes, I will say you can buy ad space uh, during the Super Bowl and say that you love someone. And then if you dump them, you don't have to give them half your stuff. You do if there's a contractual argument or yeah. a contractual arrangement. And that's where this does become. I mean, there's I, I understand. I mean, you said you started this off by talking about how cynical you are. I understand how I mean, journalistically, I think we all tend to be somewhat cynical. And I understand people who are like, we've seen other agreements fall apart. Maybe not quite agreements to this degree that with the stakes are this high, but just look, I mean, you know, uh, the big 10 and the PAC 12 had a football agreement a couple years ago in scheduling. Right. And it is not coming to fruition because right. it fell apart. So, I mean, these things have, have fallen apart. And when, and the problem is, you know, you know, Kevin Warren made a point today on several occasions to say, there is a, you know, there are a lot of issues. What, what was this? What was the, the term he kept coming back to? Like instability. Yes. And, and things like that. Like, you know, in college, college sports right now have sort of a crisis of instability. And it goes beyond just who's scheduling football games. It goes to a lot of things. And now once you start talking about is, you know, conferences potentially pulling teams away from other conferences and stuff like that. If you don't have that in writing, it kind of lingers in the background of everything. I understand why people are saying it it just seems odd in this day and age when everything is so specified by contract. No, no, but so you, you think they should have signed a contract? No, I don't think I don't know. I I necessarily think they should have, but I understand the concerns that some people have about it. I mean, you know, you don't, they don't schedule football games as it is right now without a contract. I don't think they needed to sign a con like this didn't need to be a contract signing the press conference, but I needed to I think there needed to be a feeling that they were headed in that direction as part of the plan. Is that that was going to be part of this? This, this is a but, binding thing. I want to say it's Ken, not to go binding. Back to, go ahead, go ahead. to say to go back to something Doug was saying before that once you put it down in writing, and then especially once you then email that or mail it to somebody else at a public university, then we get to look at it. Mm-hmm. And see all the dirty details. And right now, the dirty details get to be kind of a figment of these three guys' imagination. But also, it might be collusion. So, like, but also, right. here's the thing. So, yeah. you said, well, okay, so when you're dating, you make reservations for dinner. That's scheduling a football game. Well, we're going to do this thing. We're making reservations. We're making no, a plan. No but we're not- if I don't show up for my, for my, they, date. they cancel, they cancel college football contracts all the time. We've talked to they cancel Tennessee, they cancel Georgia, they cancel the Pac-12 football arrangement. They do cancel contracts all the time. It's not about signing something. It's about shared interests. And as long if their interests are shared right now, because right now, if they don't agree to this, the Big Ten is worried that the ACC is going to poach Penn State. The ACC is worried that the Big Ten is going to poach Virginia, North Carolina. The the Pac-12 is worried that the, the Big Ten is going to poach USC and Washington and Oregon. 
right? Like they're all afraid that they're all going to steal from each other. And so even if you said, let's not steal, nobody take anybody other seat. That's progress alone. We're all going to exist in our current structures and we're going to work together. We're not going to steal from each other. That's progress in and of itself. And you're saying that if they were to specify that in a contract, that might actually be a violation of law, whereas just saying it to each other isn't. But but also in the end, what's going to keep them together is not a piece of paper, because guess what? Married people get divorced. Shared interests keep you together. And lots of people who don't get married do stay together. Common interests, shared beliefs are more important than a piece of paper. So this is my Freddy Krueger rant. Freddy's in the house. And so is Jason. One of them has the fingernails and one of them has the hockey mask, right? I'm not a horror movie guy. Do people do this? This is one of those things I thought only I did this. And then I, I guess it turns out everybody does it. You just read the horror movie plots on Wikipedia. Yes, because I'm, I do that. I, I thought that was like, a, oh, I'm a, the because I, I want to know the twist, but I don't want to be scared. No, I, I, no. I, I can't stand people. I, 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 I cannot get I don't understand that. Does it really, no, no, no. The whole but, experience of the watching it is to be scared. The whole experience of watching it is to not know what's coming uh, next and be thrilled by it. I watch movies to see plots, not to be jumping every two seconds, not be able to sleep at night. No, I, why would I you don't watch the horror movie. Then just don't watch the horror. Movie? No, but we're not watching it. I just want to know. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Oh, the killer was actually the twin sister they thought was dead. That's very good writing. I respect that plot, but I don't want to, I don't want to freak out about it. I don't want to watch movies. I also don't want to watch movies about teenagers with cancer. Like, why do I want to watch movies that make me sad or scared? I want to be entertained and happy. For what it's worth, I'll go read the plot of a scary movie and not see the movie. Just so I can know. I've never seen a horror movie. I've never watched a horror movie. I just want to know the plot. This is oh, fascinating, fascinating it's the film dead son. Put together, the, like, it was just the no emotions film festival. No, we didn't have emotion. Be completely sedate for <laughs> no. the entire six-hour run of these three films. I, I I can deal with any emotion with a movie other than horror. So if you want to make me cry, I can do that. You can make me laugh. You can make me stand up and applaud. I just don't want to be freaked out just for the sake of being freaked out. I don't find enjoyment in that. <laughs> Welcome to the Buckeye Talk Podcast Film Festival. The first <laughs> film tonight is The Godfather. Here we Love go. It. Love it. There's a guy. He's in the mob. He has three sons. <laughs> and you read the plot for 90 seconds and then that's it. That's the film festival. That's the Buckeye Talk Film Festival. So here's, here's the plot of this. Jason and Freddie are in the house together. Jason is the ESPN and Freddie is the SEC. And they are coming to kill everybody. So the Big 12, the Pac-10, no, the the Pac-12, the Big 10, and the ACC are in the house. So what they decide, because there are two psychos trying to kill the three of them, they decide, let's stick together. Because as Jim Phillips, the ACC commissioner said, we're better together than we are separate. So let's stick together. And they're going to stick together because it increases their chances of survival. However, if one of them happens to notice that the back door is open, they are going to run out the back door by themselves at the first opportunity. So I don't care if you you could sign a contract that says, oh, no, we're going to hold hands and stay together while the murderers are here. We're going to watch each other's back. The minute you think you have a chance to get away on your own, you're going to get away. 
So they are trying to fight off psychopaths right now. And that's all it is. All the stuff they talk about shared interest, their number one shared interest is the SEC is going to take us, take our lunches if we don't do something. And I don't think you need much more of a shared interest than that right now. So that's enough. I don't need to sign a paper. Those are shared interests, shared beliefs, and that's what binds them. And when the moment comes when one of those conferences thinks to itself, you know what? You know what we should do? We should be a murderer too. We're going to get a chainsaw. Now it's going to be three killers in the house. We're the chainsaw guy, Leatherhead, right? The minute they think that if they have a better chance of doing that, they're going to do it, whether you signed a piece of paper or not. But at the moment, they're trying to stay alive. And I, and I think that's enough. But like when we're trying to search for, well, what do you get? They got shared interests, man. And the shared interest, whatever it is, the bottom line is it's against the SEC, Nathan. And, and I think that's powerful because guess what you don't want to do? You don't want to get those. Not, what does he even do? The, the fingernails? Does he scrape your eyeballs out? I don't even know what he does. Does he stab you? Kills with you in your dreams. Oh, no. He kills you in your sleep. Be, for real? Yeah. I had a dream the other night that my hair was really long and I needed a haircut for the start of the season. So that would be a dream that I would get murdered in. Isn't there a murderous barber? What's his Great. name? Oh, uh, the barber Seville is that he? No, he's the guy. He's the guy. Uh, they did a they did Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd, yeah. Cultural, cultural barber Seville. That's I don't know what that is. Kill, that's why they come here. Nathan, do you know what I'm saying? Like, do you agree that, that that is enough of a shared interest to me that I don't need a piece of paper? They're just trying to stay alive. I, I agree with the premise of what you're saying. Yes, that that right now that there it's kind of an all hands on deck moment a little bit that they can't wait around. Um, and and the other thing I will say is that the, the counter argument for contracts is contracts complicate things too. You know, contracts, uh, sometimes you enter into a contract that you think is a great uh, idea and halfway through it, you realize it's not such as the TV deal that Clemson has right now, which doesn't run out until hmm. like 2035 or something like that. And is just some uh, miserable thing that they're locked into. And, and it's costing them, I think, a lot of money right now. So okay. it, those, it, by not actually signing anything, it does give you more flexibility. I think it's just I, I'm surprised that they didn't want something more formal, I guess, in terms of um, not necessarily. I mean, just turning carnivorous, turning on each other. Would there have been a way to like codify that without crossing those? But, but maybe legally they couldn't have crossed those lines. I don't know. I, I just feel like there's something they could have done where they just didn't come out of this feeling, like, oh, we're doing this because we're scared of the big bad SEC. It didn't feel authoritative. It just felt like – and it is reactive, so I'm not going to say – I mean, it was going to feel reactive yeah. regardless, but it, it, there's a difference between being reactive and being scared. And this felt, I'm scared. But even if it feels I'm scared, I think it might work. I think it actually accomplishes some of the goals, which is now as a group, we have a chance to stand up to the SEC. Yeah. I, I, like I, th I think there's a purpose to it, right? Even if it is, even if it does from a come almost from a point of weakness, I still think it could succeed or it's at least succeed enough. And, and I think a good sign of that, unfortunately for the big 12 is that they said, Hey, we wish you well, we're rooting for you. And that, yeah, that's part of it. It's we're scared and somebody has got to die here first. Well, we're pushing you to the wolves and we're going to run away together. I and eventually Somebody else has got to get pushed to the rule rules so somebody else can run away because that's how this works in horror movies. You die you really one by one. Yeah, you really don't have to push them to the wolves. Like they're just outside already, and uh, you yeah. lock the door, and you can't, in good conscience, unlock the door. But yes, yeah. 
it's it's that's just what it is and there's nothing they can really do about it but i think the thing that people are the most worried about about this being sort of a half measure or being uh too um ineffective or whatever i think the bad sign would have been if they had been tried to like fold the big 12 into this somehow and like uh felt sorry for them and said like no you guys were all in the same boat together they kind of said nah that's not going on Mm. i will say this came across my feed i i I, apparently dave wanstead said he was at fox did you see this he was at fox meetings in in arizona and he said he heard it's going to be oklahoma state and kansas state to the pac-12 iowa state and kansas to the Big Ten and West Virginia to the ACC. But again, I don't, I don't know what that accomplishes. I don't know what that changes. That's not – okay, so I guess even if you do that, it's that plus the alliance. It's not like, it's not like oh, we got Iowa State. <laughs> Screw the alliance. We got the Cyclones. Like that's not, you're, that's not a solution. You, you need it more than ever because you've got to – because adding Iowa State and Kansas does nothing – really for your long-term football package. Like I don't believe in the staying power of Iowa state football over the right. next 10, 20 years. And like, I think Wani's gotten a little loose in the corners before on some stuff. So I'm skeptical, but, but I mean, maybe you heard it, whatever, but I, I, I'll wait and hear something a little bit more official. I mean, people say stuff all the time. He could have heard that at the urinal, you know, like in it. And just some people are like, I heard this and they like present it as like something. And it's like, yeah. you heard it at the urinal. And it's like, you know, we don't we don't report urinal facts on Buckeye Talk. Buckeye Talk. <laughs> this has been a urine heavy episode of Buckeye Talk. So I will tell you, I mean, because we tell you everything. We tell you everything. Stephen, they, by, Stephen very fortunately just left his computer, by the way, to go yeah. to take care of something. So go ahead. So anyway, I've been having this issue. <laughs> That's not what I'm going to say. I'm of the age. <laughs> Our boss, we're like, we're going to submit Buckeye Talk to some kind of podcast contest, right? Because why wouldn't we? We think we're pretty good. And it's like, we're trying to find the best episodes. And it's like, there is some part of us that is like, you know, Nathan, like the urine episode is, those are the kind of things we would look for. I I mean, the first thing that came to mind was the Royal Gynecologist. I was like, that is a winning podcast episode. And then Stephen was like, how about the one where we talked about quarterbacks? Like, that was good too. But the Royal Gynecologist, that is money. So we're going to throw some balance in there, man. It was, you know, we give you a little bit of comedy, a little bit of learning, a little bit of education, and then some football, you know, every so often. And some football (laughs) on the football podcast. We'll take a quick break and come back with another rant, some other stuff on Buckeye Talk. Doug, Nathan, Stephen, we'll get to the survey. I did send a survey to the texters. And again, as always, the texters help ground this because it's squeaky wheels. The world, especially on social media, media is a bunch of squeaky wheels. And then you, you got to find out like what the actual people who aren't banging away on Twitter immediately, what they're thinking. The, the results here grounded me and we'll get to them in a little bit. The last rant I have is, so we did the Freddy Krueger one. We did the, uh, uh, I love you one. This is the a-hole rant. And I do think that there is part of this and maybe this is naive, but everybody, because there's not a contract or whatever, I think everybody's waiting for these conferences to to shiv each other, right? Like you're assuming that they can't trust each other. And I'm not sure why that is, because frankly, like, let's look at what's happened. And even, even look at recent sort of conference realignment. The main thing about it is Texas being a jerk. That is the driving force of a lot of this stuff, because The Big Ten started it by like getting Nebraska. Well, that's a lot of like Nebraska kind of looking around because Texas was hard to live with in the Big 12. All this right now 
is two things, Texas being hard to live with and the SEC being absolutely cold-blooded. So, okay, I don't think many other schools are as hard to live with as Texas is. And I don't know that any of these other conferences are as cold-blooded as the SEC. And cold-blooded, good. We talk about ruthless Ryan Day all the time. There is a good part of that. But just because the SEC absolutely blindsided the Big 12, and just because Oklahoma and Texas were absolutely willing to shake their conference members' hands with one hand and stab them in the back with the other hand, I don't know that that automatically means that you have to assume that the 41 schools and three conferences involved with this are going to stick it to each other. So my a-hole rant is just because one person's an a-hole, I don't know that it has to mean you have to assume other people are going to be a-holes. I think there's a part of this, Nathan, that, again, it can feel naive and we can play it back when I'm wrong. But I don't see a Texas here. I don't see a ruthlessness on the same level of the SEC. And I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying that's wrong by the SEC. But these guys, I think, do operate a little bit differently. And as Stephen said, they're reactive. They didn't get the jump on this. So I, I don't automatically assume it's going to go wrong at the first opportunity just because the Big 12 blew up. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know that that's fair to think that way. I mean, the ruthlessness was when they left the Big 12 on the porch when the door was locked because their foot fell through the board and they got stuck and the guy's coming and they're like, hey, sorry. To go back to your your uh, Freddy Krueger, Jason uh, example, I, I, think, I think you're right. And I think the thing to remember here, too, is they people don't as much as people like to do this like fan fiction, whether that's fans or media about like, well, here's what a conference could look like. Here's who they could go get that. They don't just do that. It's, it's always based on economic factors and, and, and it's not just like, what is a geographic fit or wouldn't this be fun? Like it, it, the, the, the expansion that the big 10 did under Jim Delaney, like it or not had a, a goal in mind and it accomplished that goal. And, so I think that's the other thing to remember here is that the, the kind of cannibalism that I was talking about before, I don't know that it really is a threat here. I don't know. I mean, the, you, you know, the PAC 12 is not going to steal teams away from the big 10 and the ACC. I guess there would be some consideration of the big 10 trying to go national or the big 10 trying to pull off, like you said, Virginia, North Carolina. I think those sort of things make sense, but they're not a slam dunk in the way that some of these other moves that the big 10 has made even. So that's the other thing to remember here is it's, it's, it has, it's not just opportunity. They don't just add teams for the sake of opportunity. It's got to be something tangible there that benefits them 20 years down the road. I will respect the uh, the argument of they've never shown reason in the past to believe they'll be they'll be ruthless like that. Because even with Texas, I mean, what they threaten to do something like this every ten years, and so this time they just actually pulled the trigger. So I was I I understand that argument if that's how you're going to combat it. Because let's be honest here, if anybody's going to act like Texas, it's Ohio State, and they're clearly not going to do that at this point. So. If you're in USC is not in the position to be able to do that right now, even though they should be able to do it. And Clemson hasn't been good enough long enough to be able to do that. So when you're only thinking about maybe two or three teams who wouldn't even think about threatening to do something like that, if they haven't done it and they've had plenty of opportunities to do it, especially Ohio State over the past 24 months, then maybe it is a little bit of an overreaction right now, even if it is a warranted one to have, because maybe you're thinking, at some point, someone's going to have to be ruthless, even if they don't necessarily, even if it's not necessarily in their nature to be so. 
And I guess the point is that when you do step back and these guys, these commissioners did sort of talk about taking a step back. When you do step back, it's like, what is better for everybody? If I don't think about just what's best for my conference that I run, or as you don't just think what's best for your school and the schools in your conference, is what the SEC did actually the best thing for college football? Like, probably not, because I think like a kind of a healthy conference in the southwest part of the country is probably actually better for college football. But that's not what the SEC was concerned about. And that's not what Texas and Oklahoma were concerned about. And I'm not saying they should be, but I'm saying if you choose to have any macro view, you would be going towards something like this. Because I read someone, you know, said the Big Ten, this is stupid. Why are they doing this? They should have gone and gotten USC. And it's like, okay. Then what? Does, does the Big Ten <laughs> having a school in Los Angeles actually make sense? And then does the Pac-12 exist? Does it cease to exist? Does all like, like why is that? I if you want to make a case that that's better, better for just the Big Ten, I guess you could try to make that case. I don't think it's better for college football. So I do think it's it's almost like it's almost like this alliance is almost like a national, you know, almost like a national like collegiate. Um, you know, like athletic, you know, like association almost, you know what I mean? Like if you had a group that had everybody's interests at heart and you tried to govern the sport, right. For the good of everyone, you know, like, like a national, like, like collegiate athletic association, like you could, I don't know, you could, you could use the commissioner for the commissioner. You could call it, I I mean, you, I, and you could even, what if you like located it like in the middle of the country? So then everybody could kind of get to it. But the NCAA is non-functional. So they're creating like a mini NCAA within the, the NCAA. But like, ideally, there should be a greater good for all this stuff. It should not be everybody grabbing as much money and as much power as they individually can get. Because in the end, you need each other for the sport to prosper and for sports in general, college, athletic, amateur sports to prosper. So I, I don't know if you take any macro view, I think you get to something like this. And so that's why I continue to be pretty good with it. We can get into some specifics and some scheduling, but I do want to get you guys to guess on the tech subscriber stuff. We always like to do that. That's a quick question though. Cause you're, you're clearly more at peace with this than yeah. either of us two were. I, I mean, Nathan's probably leaning more towards your side. Are you, the, you keep, are you there because you feel like, they pick the best option or they just pick the only option and you can't think of anything better. Even if this isn't necessarily the greatest idea in the world, it's just, there's nothing better to do. So why not? I think it probably is the best option given what already happened. Right. I mean, probably the best option is like for the big 10 to try to get Texas. Right. But I mean, you didn't Mm -hmm. do that. So with where things are, I actually do think this is the best option that I just can't get past. Los Angeles is not in the Midwest. And neither is Florida State. And like, if your answer to the Big Ten's problems are add one of those teams, I cannot get past the Ohio State soccer team playing in Los Angeles and making that flight. And like, why? Just because you want some better football games to make more money. I I think this addresses the main thing, which is better football inventory to make more money. That's the main driving force. And it prevents you from having to do all the other stuff, Nathan, that is kind of extraneous in the name of better football inventory and more money. I mean, Rutgers and Maryland aren't in the Midwest either, but I understand the point you're making. I guess that, that's the other counterpoint that people bring up. But again, there was a I, I, I would push back on whether or not Texas even would be a good idea for the Big Ten. I know we don't want to get no, into I agree. that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Texas, I'm saying like 
like the, the, non the, non jerk Texas, I think would fit. But jerky you could make a yeah, you could make an art like if you could make a better argument for why the Texas should just join the Big Ten. Had the Pac twelve been doing this, and we were down to the alliance yeah. being the Big Twelve, that's fair. I am one more on the side of, I, and maybe a lot of people are there right now where it's it's not the best option. It's just the only option because you reacted. But that's you got to get over that, and that's not on anybody else. It's just me and everybody else who's on that side has to get over the fact that this is where we are. Um, whether you like the fact that this is where we got to or not, but you probably should have known that at some point Texas was actually going to pull the trigger on the threats they like to give out every 10, 10 years. Yeah. But even if it, even if it's reactive, I, I like, do people think that if both Texas and Oklahoma and the big 10 thought that that was the arrangement, that was the best arrangement for everyone, that that wouldn't have happened. Like, like, no, the big Texas, no, and Texas Oklahoma, and Oklahoma had, didn't want to do it. They wanted to be in the SEC. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it, yeah. it's it's reactive, but it's like it's not that it's not like the Big Ten missed an opportunity. I don't think it's no, reactive, I, like just of circumstance, I guess. That's a, a better way of putting it. And, and listen, the reality is Greg Sankey's been around and these were three new commissioners who are all like less than two years into their job. And, and again, that's part of it, too. The three new guys were like, man, should we do this together? So we don't get played anymore. Like that's the reality. I think too, I think if Jim Delaney was still around, maybe, maybe this wouldn't be happening. Right. Mm -hmm. But he's not. So it is. So there's strength in numbers for this thing. All right. Texters. If you want to be part of it, 614-350-3315, you know that the, uh, the people who tell us how to promote ourselves said, you have to say like the number like three times to really get it in people's heads. And I said, well, I've said it a thousand times. So I hope that's not too many. 614-350-3315. These were the choices. What are your feelings about the Big Ten ACC Pac-12 Alliance? Four choices here. The best one was great idea. Three leagues with shared interests is powerful. Next was good idea and probably the best they could do once the SEC went big. Then okay idea. Seems like a nothing burger, but it won't hurt. And then bad idea, they are kidding themselves and the SEC will eat them for lunch. Four levels. Nathan, what do you think won the texter vote? I think good won the texter vote. What do you think, Stephen? I think good was first and okay was second because that's where the crux of the argument is going to be at. Even if you, you know, didn't have four options. Good got more than half. Like okay. good easily won. Good got 54%, probably the best they could do, right? Which I think is where where I kind of am. Mm-hmm. But I will say, okay and great were almost equal. So okay, like kind of a nothing burger, but it won't hurt, got 23%. And great idea, these three leagues would be powerful together, got 20%. And then bad idea only got 3%. So again, that grounded me on more than half the people said good and 74% of the people said great or good. So again, Nathan, I think if you look at snarky sports writer, Twitter, you would not think that 74% of educated Ohio state fans who are our tech subscribers think this is either great or good because everybody's making fun of it. I think there's also, I mean, for, for, well, we haven't do, are we going to say what our, our picks were too? Yeah. Uh, Nathan, what would you have voted for? I would have voted for good, but it's it's more for what it can be. Um, it, I was kind of between okay and good, and then leaning good. And part of it is to me like okay, the, the I, I there I want to see what exactly happens with the scheduling stuff. But I think it's also more about 
the 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 power and what could be lying out there ahead as the NCAA figures out what it is, if anything, and then what swoops in to take that leadership vacuum we were talking about. What kind of alliance really is there at that point? How much do they stand up to the SEC getting everything it wants? Like that's kind of what I'm I'm because the the scheduling it, it's the the concept of this thing is getting fragmented a little bit as we talk about it. Cause on one side of it, it is the football scheduling thing. That's about, you know, broadcast contracts. And then there's all this other stuff that might end up being more important. No, that I think, I, I think is more, I mean, I think is more, important. Yeah. it's, it's sort of trying to take some control of the TV rights for the playoff as the playoff expands. And as someone pointed out, Kevin Warren and the NFL, um, G- uh, George K from the Pac-12, he'd done some other stuff, but like they're they're accustomed to worlds where like networks share the playoffs, that it's not all on one mm-hmm. thing, right? And so that that's something they're very accustomed to, and there's no reason that shouldn't be the case with college football. Fox and ESPN and CBS at least used to do it. Like Notre Dame is on NBC, like they share the regular season. They should, if especially if it's going to expand and the playoffs can be more than three games. It should be on more than one network. And so if that's what this fight is about mostly, then I think that's reasonable too. And again, the point of every, is they, they made them go on the record. Do you want playoff expansion? Jim Phillips said the ACC said, we're not sure yet. And the Big Ten and the Pac-12 both said, yes, we do want playoff expansion. So we had discussed that before. They all want it, but I think they are willing to delay it to get the structure of it they want, which is to have a say in the networks, have a say in what the format is, whether it's eight, whether it's 12, who gets automatic bids, who doesn't, is there a limit on how many teams per conference? And we said this before, this is their chance to have their say. And if they don't have their say now, the SEC and ESPN are going to run away with it. So I think some people think, oh, they don't want playoff expansion. They do want it. They're just willing to wait for it to get it the way they want it, or at least have some say in it. And I do think, Nathan, to your point, that's the number one thing here. Stephen, would you vote great, good, okay, or bad? Yeah, I mean, you sent this out, what, like 20 minutes after the press conference ended? Uh, but yeah, I, I was easily okay when it first, if I'd have been voting right then and there, just because I'm, where's the plan, all that stuff. But as I'm cooling down, it's like, I'm probably more good idea because this is the best you can do. Yeah, no, I think that's right. Um, okay, so now thinking about how the schedule may actually work. And again, I think they're slow playing. And, and a little bit of this, this is like, they say, well, I don't know. We're going to play games against each other, but it might take a while, whatever. And I think they're trying to under-promise and then over-deliver later, right? But while they're under-promising, everybody's like, well, it's nothing then. This is bleh. they People want to say, like, here's the schedule for the Pac-12 Big Ten ACC Challenge for the next decade, which would have been great. We tore up every contract everybody had. Here's the new schedule. I would have been in favor of that, but they weren't going to do that. But I think they're going to get to it faster than they're indicating now. They're saying, like, we are going to honor every contract we have. Ohio State tears up contracts all the time. If you need to tell, if they needed to tell Tulsa, like, we're not doing the thing. Now, they're playing Tulsa this year, so they can't tell them, hey, like, we're not playing you in a month. That would be mean. Eat it. Like, eat the money. All right, Tulsa, you were going to get $2 million. Here's your $2 million. We're going to play Clemson instead, right? That's fine. Like, do that. I, I, like I, To act like that's not going to happen – I think they're trying to appease people and slow play it right now. But they also said, listen, we have a bunch of games. They threw out the number. We have a bunch of games scheduled against each other already. When you think about ACC and Pac-12, Ohio State plays Washington in 24 and 25. 
They play Notre Dame actually first in 22 and 23. They play Boston College in 26 and 27. No, no, no. That's been that's been moved. That's been whacked. Yeah. Okay. It's, but it's, 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 I think Georgia been, took over. Yeah, it's, it's floating. Okay. They're, they're this, still they supposedly have, trying to play, but it, it's it's not on the books, right? They have Boston College still out there, but they have Oregon now on the books because this Oregon series got screwed up. They have Oregon on the books mm-hmm. for 32 and 33. So that's like multiple years where they would have a game anyway that could just it would just slot right in to the Pac-12 ACC challenge. And then you add stuff. But the the Pac-12 commissioner did say they would be willing to go from nine to eight conference games. He said, we have a contract, a TV contract for the next three years that says we have to do it, but maybe we could get out of it because we're going to create better games, not worse ones. So our TV partner should be happy with that. But Nathan, like, I do think there's going to be some tangible stuff with the schedule sooner than they're making it sound. And I, and I get it, but I do think, and we talked about this already. It's exactly, I mean, some of the initial reports is what I, we talked about when we talked about it before eight conference games, two games, against the Alliance and then two other non-conference games. I think that's where they all get to. And I think they get to that sooner than they're acting right now. Maybe. I think, again, to be clear, what they're pumping their brakes on today was we're not announcing that in 2023, we're going to eight games and everybody's playing an ACC and a Pac-12 if you're a Big Ten team. Like, they're just, they're, they're all they're pumping their brakes on is going full blast. But they said today that there are some schools that are going to be able to implement this faster than others. So right. there are some schools that like, maybe just don't have as many games scheduled as far out as others. I mean, if you're Ohio State and you've already got games scheduled against Georgia and Texas and Alabama in future years, do you really want to add, even in an expanded playoff, do you really want to add uh, USC and Clemson yeah. in one of those years where you're also still playing Alabama and you've got to play a whole Big Ten schedule? And by the way, the team that's getting knocked off your Big Ten schedule might just be Purdue or uh, whoever, no, but, like it, but or I think Illinois. they do like, want that. I think that's actually do. That's actually what they want. They want to trade Tulsa and Purdue for Clemson and USC. I think they do, but not in a year where they're also playing Alabama and no, Georgia uh, and not, Texas. There is a point. There's a critical mass of like how many of those teams you can play. There's I, a balance. No, and the year that they have Alabama on the schedule, then in the ACC Pac-12 Challenge, they'll say, "Don't give us USC and Clemson. Give us yeah. Arizona State for one of well, them. They will, and they'll figure it out." I guess, but that uh, it kind of runs counter to what we were talking about before about, and I, 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 you're probably right because then I don't think the big 10 and Ohio state in particular necessarily wants to preclude itself from ever playing as he's right. again. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have to come up with something. You're right. But I, I think, I do think it's going to happen. It's just going to be folded in over time. I just think it's not, we're not going to snap our fingers and have like a big 10 ACC challenge for football that goes through the whole conference in the next couple of years. But, but you can, but let's not act like they can't get out of all state. I mean, they can they can get up no, and you pay Ball State goes, and then you schedule Miami. This goes back to your 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 ruthlessness thing, though. I mean, they're they're choosing what to be ruthless about and they're choosing not to be ruthless. I I suppose it goes back to your counter, like what's good for college football argument as opposed to what's good for 41 schools argument. No, and I do think, but in the end, they are gonna get to Ohio State plays four non-conference games. They play a good ACC team and a good Pac-12 team because Ohio State's good. And then the bad Big Ten teams won't play good ACC and Pac-12. They'll play bad. But Ohio State's going to be good. They're going to play good teams. And then they're going to play one other big-time non-conference game and one crappy non-conference game. So they're going to play Ball State and they're going to play Alabama while they're playing Arizona and Florida State. And that's that's where they're going to get. And I just think, again, are they going to get there in 2023? Maybe not. But I don't think it's going to be like 2031 
until we see this. I think they'll get there faster uh, than that. Yeah, it shouldn't be know? that far down the line. Yeah. But they kind of, but they, today they were like, well, you know, we got contracts. You can't break a contract. It's like, yeah, you can. You can break a contract. But, but should they, you could argue they also should not be committing themselves to any kind of a structure before the playoff thing is figured out, too. I mean, both things, those things do kind of go hand in hand. And, and George K., the Pac 12 commissioner, I know made some comments after the main. So they let all the national people ask all the questions at the public press conference. And then they had the national people on for more of a press conference. So again, just, okay. I I guess we're not a thing. I mean, we are Buckeye talk people. So again, PR person for the Alliance, you better get up on what Buckeye talks all about. Don't steal our idea. Then not let us talk to the people about our idea. Yeah, for real, for real Alliance. So anyway, I do. I can't remember what I was going to say, but but I just I think we'll get there. Oh, but George K said after the fact, he made an allusion to the idea that when they did like it was like, hey, do you need to reconsider the playoff expansion and the parameters of it once everybody knows the deal? And he's like, well, people did know the deal when they considered the playoff expansion. They just didn't tell anybody, which the whole point is Greg Sankey was a leader in the playoff expansion discussion knowing he was about to steal Oklahoma and Texas and nobody else knew it. So the SEC knew exactly. The SEC had the whole picture. Mm-hmm. By the way, seriously, I mean, I can't. What do people think these conferences are supposed to do? The SEC knew everything and everybody else was in the dark. One conference was about to get blown up and the other three had no idea what was going on. And that, and they made the playoff expansion plan with those parameters. So now people are like, well, the, are these other three conferences going to stop expansion? No, they're just going to slow it down until they get their feet on the ground. They're just trying to get, they're not trying to get the jump on the SEC. They're trying to get to equal footing. Could we please have all the information? That's all. So, but I think in terms of the schedule, people like it. Here's the question for the tech subscribers. If Ohio State winds up playing one Pac-12 team and one ACC team each year with eight Big Ten games and two other non-conference games, do you like that schedule? Yes, it seems cool. It's okay, but no big deal. No, I don't want an SEC and Pac-12 game each year. Steven, what do you think won? Yes, it seems cool. It just, because uh, I, I, in theory, because how we've been talking it out, your four non-conference games are against Power 5 schools. Two of those are against Power 5 schools who are maybe at the bottom of the barrel. And then the other two are against Power 5 schools who are pretty quality opponents. I actually don't think – I think they still play a MAC team. I think it's three against Power 5 would be my guess. They'll still play one home game against a MAC team to make money. But I think Fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. One ACC, one at Pac-12, one and SEC, then, and then, yeah. like, you're, Mac, you're here's some $2 million so we can beat you by 70. Would, would be my guess. It's only a guess. Nathan, what do you think what? I think it was yes, and I think it was probably – I'd be shocked if it wasn't at least two-thirds. Great because I, and mm-hmm. I, and you, yeah. you, have to, you have to remember that right now, especially for an Ohio State fan, what do you care if there's one less team from the West that you don't play? Because right. you equate them with the MAC in some ways. 74% yes seems cool. 24% okay, no big deal. Only 2% no. So – 98% at least okay. Seventy two th- three quarters of the people think it's cool. So again, it's like for the people who are saying, like, this is nothing. What is this? It's like, I don't know. It's two cool games for Ohio State fans. That's something, isn't it? No, no, one thing I am curious about is, and it goes back to what I was asking before. I know you think that Ohio State wants this like loaded schedule, but in a year where you are playing uh USC and Clemson, if you happen to get them in the same year, and you're already playing a Big Ten East schedule. 
Um, and then I don't know what's happening with that. If, if one goes to the Mac, then there's that third game that's hanging out there. And maybe that's another power five team. Then do you also like, are there strictures in place to make sure you don't, that is the year you also get Wisconsin and Iowa as your only two crossovers. Possibly. Cause here's the thing. Once you have an Alliance like this, it all works together that you can mm. work that together. Right. That in the past, it'd be like, well, you're non conference games. That's your that's your business. We're not going to have a conference thing. But now it's all related. So I think it's a good point, which is why it makes sense to work together, because the pieces can move in concert. And I do I do think it's possible. Say that they wind up seeding all the teams in each of the three conferences. Right. And that we're going to seed you based on how think how good we think you're going to be this year. It's based on last year's record, plus returning people, whatever. And we seed you. I don't know that the answer would then be have all the one seeds play each other. That might not be the answer, right? That maybe yeah, it'll like be like two. that. No one seed is going to, you're not going to play two one seeds. So the right. one seed that's fair. Yeah. You, this year you're playing the one Ohio state's the one seed, in the big 10 this year, they're playing the one in the pac 12 and they're playing the four in the ACC next year. If Ohio state's the one they're playing the two in the ACC and the three in the Pac-12. You know what I mean? Like, I do think and it, yeah. yeah, you're getting top 25 matchups, cool games, but it's not Clemson-USC, 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 Oregon-Miami, Oregon, you know? Like, I do think there's a way to do it. But I do think, to your point, Nathan, you can slide it all together. Absolutely. Because it doesn't serve anybody's purpose for Ohio State to be playing five blue blood top 10 teams and Iowa to be playing none of them. It doesn't serve Ohio State's interest of getting in the playoff. It doesn't serve Iowa's interest of having cool games. And so I do think it can slide together. Last break. We'll be back on Buckeye Talk. Doug, Nathan, Steven, I think, I think this is I think this is good. Like we're we're kind of there. I think we've covered, I think the tangible stuff, like the conference, like the schedule stuff's gonna come not immediately, but not in 10 years. It'll it'll get here. I think it'll be cool. They also said they're gonna do it men's basketball or women's basketball. Great, awesome. There's plenty of room to do that stuff. That's cool. Set up the challenges and let's go. No downside to that. This is like kind of the last thing. It's kind of what we talked about at the very beginning. If you were the Big Ten commissioner, what would you have done after the SEC added Texas and Oklahoma? These don't aren't, I didn't really, these aren't really ranked in any kind of thing. I just, these are the five options I gave them. So you guys might have to lock in these choices so you can pick yours. It doesn't matter. Once the SEC went big, the Big Ten was in trouble. So that's like a kind of give up. What's the point? There's nothing you could answer with. This was an option. Do nothing. You stay at 14 teams and just prepare to take on the SEC. Listen, we're the Big Ten. We make almost as much money as the SEC. We're the second best conference. We're best positioned to do this. We're not going to change. We're going to do what we do. That's an option. Take a couple Big 12 teams like Iowa, Iowa State or Kansas. So like don't raid anybody. But kind of take the best of the scraps that fit in. Try to increase by a couple teams and, and see if that gets you somewhere. That's an option. Try to add the best two to four teams that you could snatch from the ACC and the Pac-12. So go rating. Say, listen, man, we got North Carolina and Virginia, and we got Washington and Oregon, and we're doing our thing. And we're, we're going coast to coast, and we're definitely going to make the Big Ten the second best conference. And if we screw the ACC and the PAC 12, that's not, that's, we don't care. We're out for us. And the last one is join the ACC PAC 12 big 10 Alliance. This do this. Those are the five options that I gave people. Nathan, what do you think? One. That's a great question because as, as 
like you, I've seen the people reacting throughout this process as to why is the Big Ten doing more. I think, though, after today, after seeing it, and after this couple of weeks now of the lead up to it, I think Join the Alliance won. Steven, what do you think won? I think Join the Alliance won, I think, but also we're Ohio State Tech's service, and so there's probably going to be some of that mindset in there, and it's simple. I'm, I'm glad you specified it as what should the Big Ten commissioner do because right. that's very different than – for both the ACC, the Pac-12, and the Big Ten, they all have a team where if everything is healthy, this probably does more harm than good. Right. For ACC, it's Clemson, for it's Ohio State, the Big Ten, and then USC and the Pac-12. And so if that was the question, it's more like do nothing and stay at your number because we're going to be good anyway and we're going to make the playoff and compete for national titles, forget everybody else. But what's best for the conference is join the ACC, Pac-12, Big Ten Alliance. And I think that's what won. But I am interested to see what the vote for for do nothing was. 50% joined the alliance. That yeah. one. Clear winner. The only other thing people were interested in was try to steal from the ACC and Pac-12. Take two to four teams from them and steal. 32%. So 50% alliance, 32% snatch. And then the other one's not much. Doesn't matter. It's already over. 7%. Do nothing, stay at 14 and just take on the SEC, 7%. And then take the Big 12 scraps, 4%. So, I mean, like right away, Nathan, I think like the first day, I think there were more people who were like, well, who's the Big 12 is on fire. Who can we grab? And in the end, now that's last with 4%. Yeah. And to me, it's also like, yeah, you go get some teams to help close the gap. But how much... So imagine the SEC as we know that it's going to exist. The Big Ten adds USC and Washington and Virginia and North Carolina. How much does that really close the gap with the SEC? I mean, you know, like they're still second best at best. Yeah, because the issue I mean, is they're clearly second. They go from like second best at best to clearly second best to to football. I mean, from a football standpoint, yes. And the issue is not that Washington, USC, North Carolina, and Virginia aren't as good as adding Oklahoma and Texas. It was that the SEC was already ahead of you to begin with. Right. So if you're trying to get equal to the SEC, you've got to beat Texas and Oklahoma and you can't beat Texas and Oklahoma. You can maybe only try to match it. The the one thing that I do think, I I mean, it didn't get lost. It it got lost to me for 10 minutes. And so I was like, Oh wait, they said, they didn't say 40 teams because it's 14, 14 and 12 for the three conferences. They were not talking about this as a 40 team Alliance. They're talking about it as a 41-team alliance, and that means Notre Dame. Now, we know that Notre Dame is an ACC member and all the other stuff, but they were lumping Notre Dame in here, and I do think that opens up some opportunities for, from a football standpoint, Notre Dame to be involved, that they already do this, right? I mean, it's not – they already play USC. They already play Michigan and Michigan State and Purdue, and they already have some rivalries. They have Ohio State on the books. But I do think, again, for a lot of time that we spent on like, ah, Notre Dame, they're going to do their thing. Nathan, like they were saying 41, not 40. And if you lump Notre Dame into this, it makes the group like slightly more attractive because of the group of 41, at least from a football standpoint. I mean, right now, Notre Dame is probably third. It's probably the third best football program in the group of 41. So that's a big thing to add to make it go from 40 to 41. Did you think that was a moderately kind of big deal? 
I, I do. And I don't know if I was really surprised by it. I kind of figured that Notre Dame would have to be involved in some way just because of its attachment to the ACC. But it's this whole thing has always been about. Yeah, yes, it was reactive. But should the re, should the reaction be that you have to go poach and just start like World War Three and just everybody's trying to grab from everybody? Or do you strengthen your football your football contracts, your football schedules without having to get into all of that messy infighting. Do you get to sort of absorb Notre Dame from at least tangentially, which is what the ACC did a long time ago. And now the big 10 kind of gets to share them. They kind of get to share in having USC and Washington and Oregon without having to officially bring them in, in a really awkward way. I mean, it gets to a lot of what people wanted at the end of the day, the people who said that the big 10 needs to go out and add USC and Washington and, and these other teams without having to actually bring them in and making your, your tennis team go play on the West coast more than it already does. Notre Dame gets to join a conference without actually joining a conference. Yeah. But, and the big Ten, an alliance before they joined a conference, the, the big 10 gets to have an association with Notre Dame without having to kowtow to Notre Dame, mm-hmm. which you would have had to do to actually get them to be like a full big 10 member, which just feels like at this point, it was never going to happen anyway. So you get a piece of them. Like it's a great point. You get a piece of Notre Dame, a piece of Clemson, a piece of Miami, a piece of Florida state, a piece of Washington, a piece of Oregon, a piece of USC. And you add all that together. And I'm not saying it's as good as Texas or Oklahoma, but it's like a Frankenstein's monster of pieces of like a little bit of Dabo and a little bit of Clay Helton, you know, like it it adds up to something. It's the college football Avengers. I did. Somebody did that by the way. Yeah. I was waiting on it to pop up. Who was Ohio State? Who did they get to be? Black Panther, which I don't have a problem with because Black Panther is awesome. But I also felt like they should have been Captain America because they're the last mm-hmm. one standing. And it's like everybody's coming to help Ohio State because they just lost my third national championship to the SEC. Yeah. Just as long as they didn't make Black Panther Iowa. No, 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 no. I, no, I was like a background character. Yeesh. Virginia Yeesh. Tech was Virginia Tech was a ship. That's a Kirk Ferentz joke. That's Kirk <laughs> Ferentz. Hey, by the way, everybody is like out on Urban, man. Like the Jaguars, the Jaguars offense. Awful. Oh, that, that one in 15 team isn't looking so good in the preseason. What are the odds with a first time NFL coach? Oh, my Lord. Can I just can I mark it down now? I'm marking it down. Not that I actually think it's going to happen, but I just want credit for it in case it does. Why wouldn't Urban hire Tom Herman and fire Daryl Bevel? Like I'm watching people. I mean, people are on Twitter, like smart football people are saying like they got to fire the offensive coordinator. Like this is not it. Tom Herman is doing whatever he is with the Bears. He, he get a huge promotion. Urban is reliant on good people. He is not anymore an X and O's guy. He's a culture guy. But culture is going to take you so far. It's talent and scheme. More talent, but they've got a couple guys now. Travis Etienne being out for the year hurts a lot. Yeah. But I, I think I, the I, NFL, I think scheme is pretty critical because I, could, I yeah, it's me. I think it's a good idea as long as Tom Herman doesn't come in there thinking we're going to run the quarterback. No, I know, but like Tom Herman's smart. Tom Herman, yeah. I think, could figure it out. I mean, like I'm just I'm I'm wondering if Urban will revert to people he knows if it gets a little hairy. And the thing with Urban is he's got to, he had to hire some people that weren't, wouldn't be yes men. And I don't know what the situation is in there, but he has to, again, 
when he hired the Iowa strength coach, former Iowa strength coach, there was clearly nobody in the building telling him, Urban, no, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. And now this offense, the way it's looked, it feels like people aren't telling him, Urban, this is not going to work. And Tom Herman, I think, was enough of a guy. Urban trusted him and believed in him. And I think Tom Herman would tell Urban no at times. And so I'm, I'm really curious how it goes. People are waiting for Urban to fail. Someone like sent me a thing on Twitter. It's like, why is the whole NFL against Urban? It's because, I mean, people don't like Urban. That's because <laughs> Urban <not> is supremely <laughs> confident and he has been very successful. And so people, but he also sort of like, he can rub people the wrong way. And so people are absolutely waiting for him to fail. And, and if they go one and 15 and Trevor Lawrence looks like crap and their offense is awful, then people are going to be waiting for that. And he might need to circle the wagons a little bit. Trevor Lawrence spent his entire career in a pistol formation running RPOs and (laughs) the Jaguars did none of that. Absolutely none of it. I know it's like they're running like the Russell Wilson offense. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know if that's the best. He's doing play action outside of the pocket stuff. He looks great, but it's just, that's not why he was, he only lost two games in college, man. So the Tebow thing was a distraction. Someone should have gotten, I mean, that was not worth it. So Mm -hmm. anyway, uh, we'll probably talk more about that later, but I think Nathan, are we good? Is there anything I know you wrote about it at cleveland.com slash Buckeye talk. Is there anything we're missing here? Again, there's only so much. I think people want on this. We've given them an hour and five minutes. Um, now that you put me on the spot, I'm trying to look back through my notes, but uh, no, I think that that pretty much covers it. Um, I mean, you know, Kevin Warren said it's, there's still fairly early in this, right? Yeah. Like the momentum here was building enough was leaking out that they kind of had to say something and put a face on this a little bit. But I think that there's a lot of the like finer points are still TBD. So we will do the offensive breakdown on Thursday. Look for that. We're also going to talk to the receivers, Brian Hartline and the receivers on Wednesday night. We'll work that into the offensive conversation. We're going to try to go deep a little bit on what this offense we think might look like. We're getting close. We're getting close. We're getting close. So make sure you're sticking with us. 614-350-3315. We're excited to have you along for the ride. We're all going to be in Minnesota next Thursday. And uh, I just want to tease again a little bit the Wednesday college football playoff show. We are ranking the quarterbacks for the playoff contenders. And I will tell you that CJ Stroud is higher than I expected him to be. And I will also tell you that my co-host Shahan ranked CJ Stroud higher than I did. And it is an interesting conversation. Again, I know people laugh. It's like, I'm studying college national college football players. Now I'm not a expert, but I'm more informed than I was before when I didn't even know people's names. So, you know, I watched a lot of Bryce young and I watched a lot of DJ and, and I watched a lot of, Haynes King at Texas A&M and Brock Purdy and JT Daniels and Spencer Rattler and Sam Howell. And, you know, like CJ might be okay. CJ might be okay. And, and it's interesting. There's so many guys that there's just not a lot of film on right now. Right. So we're waiting to see on a lot of these guys. There are four guys who are second year starting quarterbacks for playoff contenders. And there's not there's not a lot to analyze, but CJ might be okay, and I think you'll be curious to hear where we ranked him on that show. That'll be out on Wednesday. So that's the alliance. We're the alliance. Nah, I don't like it. We're Buckeye talk for Stephen and Nathan. I'm Doug. Sorry about the urination joke. That was second grade Doug. I didn't know. Sorry about the urination joke. Joke. Yeah. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> like I said, I'm I'm old. I'm getting. <laughs> I don't know if I can make it through a whole hour and ten minute podcast. It was um, just the fact that you kept going. Did you get it? Did you get it? Did you get it? You know, the thing, the super. Which is exactly what seven-year-olds do when they tell jokes. <laughs> That's it's like, hey, did you get it? It was That's a dirty joke. <laughs> Frozen time when I was seven. And that was Buckeye Talk. Buckeye Talk.